Jeremiah is known as the prophet of the New Covenant, hundreds of years before the birth of Jesus. Jeremiah heard the voice of God and saw what God had planned, a new day, a new law inscribed in the mind and written on the heart, a new and abiding knowledge of God, a new covenant where mercy runs deep and sins are forgiven and forgotten. This hope of a new heart is found even in the midst of the Mosaic Covenant. Moses foretells the unfaithfulness of the people and also tells them of God's promise to restore their hearts. That's Deuteronomy 30, verses 1 through 10. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Fill the Lamp. I'm Neil Parks. Now, here at Fill the Lamp, the Lord has put it on our hearts to help grow and mature His body as the day of His return is quickly coming to gather His bride together. In chapter 9 of the book of Hebrews, we are reminded that what is most real, what is most true, is the unseen reality. The writer tells us that the temple in Jerusalem, the holiest place on earth, was merely a copy or shadow of another place, the heavenly temple. Whatever took place in this shadowy temple could not change the realities of estrangement from God sin, and death. Every year on the Day of Atonement, the high priest would put on his priestly garb and enter the most holy place in that temple. His task was profound, his duty dangerous. He must appear before God carrying the sins of his people. All the sins of Israel were consecrated in him as he carried the blood of the sacrifice into the divine presence. But there was another day, a day of atonement, unlike any other, when Jesus consecrated in himself the sins of the world, hanging on a cross, not far from the temple's holiest chamber. Indeed, for a time he became sin, but unlike the high priest, the crucified and risen Jesus entered the true temple of heaven and was ushered into the divine presence. At that moment, everything changed. Now, last week we learned that our high priest now is Jesus Christ himself. Now, when you stop and think about just that in itself, it is mind-blowing. It's almost like God purposely created mankind and prearranged with his plan that his bride throughout the centuries of time would go through the motions of purifying herself with the religious efforts only to find out that she was incompetent with her works. Now, the high priest was a human man, 
a Levite, that represented the people and the offering of their animals' blood to cleanse their sins. For the most part, these people didn't have a personal relationship with this priest. He, the priest, was just a human being standing in the gap to present this blood offering at this religious moment. Very impersonal, to say the least. So here's the point of the matter. Man has been created in the image of God. We are the image bearers of the creator of all things. The religion of worldly works is the opposite of the religion of intimate relationship. You see, because of the actions of Adam and Eve in the garden with their disobedience and falling into the selfishness as in taking the credit for what is right and wrong, God allowed works-based religion to, get this, prove itself wrong. Now, Christ came to be our personal sacrifice. So please get this part. What God is saying is that if you were the only individual on planet Earth, he would have come down from heaven to redeem just you. This is not about religion. It is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. He is our high priest, our personal high priest. He is our advocate. He is our forgiver of sin. He is our life. So the best example of how personal your relationship is with Christ, you find it in Luke 23, verses 30 through 43. Let's read it about the two thieves that were hanging with Jesus at Calvary. Let's pick it up in verse 39. Then one of the criminals or thieves who were hanged blasphemed him, saying, If you are the Christ, save yourself and us. But the other thief hanging there answering rebuked the first thief, saying, Do you not even fear God? seeing you are under the same condemnation, and we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus turned and said to him, Assuredly, I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. That episode, my friends, is the example of mankind. There are two kinds of people. One that could care less about Jesus and the other one who asks forgiveness. Let's look at the prophet Isaiah in verse Uh, chapter 9, verse 6, his description of Jesus, his first coming to live and walk on this planet Earth. Verse 6 out of Isaiah 9 says, Hope of all hopes, 
Dream of our dreams, a child is born. Sweet-breathed, a son is given to us, a living gift. And even now, with tiny features and dewy hair, he is great. The power of leadership and the weight of authority will rest on his shoulders. His name, his name will know in many ways. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Dear Father Everlasting, Ever-Present, Never-Failing, Master of Wholeness, and Prince of Peace. Folks, Jesus is our High Priest and Personal Savior. This verse of Scripture is incomprehensible to the finite mind. We can accept this truth by faith, but we cannot fully grasp what it means for the second person of the Godhead to shed his eternal state and put on flesh. But that's what Jesus did for you and me personally. So Paul tells us that he took the form of a servant and came as a man. Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. Philippians 2, 7 and 9. Folks, this high priest lives in the vessels that surrender and follow him. I say, let's pray. Almighty God in heaven, we come for before you humbly, Lord, just understanding that you came for us individually. As we looked upon those thieves hanging next to you at Calvary, Father God, one on each side, it depicts humanity. One loves you, one hates you. Lord Jesus, we come this day You're in paradise, and we come humbly asking forgiveness. That thief had no time to do a good work. He'd had no time to pay tithes and give an offering. All he had was you to look at. And gazing into your eyes, Jesus saw his heart. Father God, I lift up every listener today that's listening to this podcast. I pray that their gaze would be fixed upon you, Lord, because you are the way, the truth, and the life. Father God, we praise you. We lift you up for who you are. You are God, and we love you. And Father God, We do this in your precious, precious name. Amen and amen. Well, whew, hardly can wait till the next time out with you. We're going to keep on going in Hebrews. So until then, God bless each and every one of you. I'm Neil Parks.